direct from Anaheim. It's blindbargains.com coverage of CSUN 2020. Brought to you by AFB Access World. For the latest news and accessibility information on mainstream and access technology, Apple, Google, Microsoft, and Amazon offerings, access technology book reviews and mobile apps, and how they can enhance entertainment, education, and employment, log on to Access World, the American Foundation for the Blind's free monthly online technology magazine, www.afb.org. Now, here's JJ Meadow. CSUN 2020, the conference is over. Uh, we're in Platinum 4, and we've just taken over the room uh, so I could talk to Brandon Biggs, who is an engineer at the Smith Kettlewell Eye Research Institute. Of course, Smith Kettlewell always doing all sorts of cool stuff. Brandon's here to talk about it. Welcome to the podcast. Hey, thanks for having me. I feel very uh, grandiose. Hello. Welcome to Platinum 4. I don't remember. You, you did a presentation here, you said? Yeah, I did two presentations here, yeah. I hope it wasn't this empty. Uh, no. <laughs> <laughs> Good. We've commandeered a couple chairs and we've just taken over. Anyway, um, you've done a s- several different things. A lot of they're pretty much related in a thread of helping people locate things or places or you know information around them. Lots of very cool stuff. So why don't you go ahead and start off telling us what you were doing? So I did uh, three different presentations this period. Um, and uh, I'm working on three different projects and um, one project that combines all of the um, projects together. So um, first we are releasing a, a beta test of CAM-IO, which is short for Camera Input Output. And that's basically a, uh, an app on your phone that allows you to annotate 3D objects. And then we're doing uh, another project called Audium, which is basically Google Maps, but completely in audio. And then we have another project, which is an indoor wayfinding uh, app that has uh, um, uses computer vision to, to help figure out where you are combined with odometry. Anyways, it's about a half a meter accurate. And then um, I'm doing a project with the Magical Bridge Playground in Palo Alto to combine all those technologies in a XR experience. XR. I've heard of VR and AR. What is X- XR? XR is both VR and AR together. Oh. There you go. So we just we just decided it was too difficult to say VR and AR and MR because it's mixed reality. So rather than saying VR, AR, MR, we say XR. Very cool. Let's uh, start with Camayoga. That's been around a, a little bit longer, and yeah, we've watched about it develop for a minute. So uh, go ahead and tell us more about that. Yeah. So it's in, been in development since 2000. I think it was 2008 or six or it's been in development for a while. But we're finally getting to the point to where it's good enough to release, and we've got a beta test. So if you want to email camio, C-A-M-I-O, at ski.org, we can add you to the test flight app, and you can download it on your phone. So iOS at the moment, correct? Correct. It's just for iOS. Okay. So if someone gets on this beta, uh, how might they uh, use the app? So basically, uh, we are... Um, it, it'll it'll change because it's still in beta. But basically, we will um, send you a uh, an invite code. You will download the app to your phone, and then we will send you instructions um, on to print out two sheets of paper. Uh, one of them will just be a full sheet of paper, and you use that as the board, and so you can cut it out and place it around objects that you want to annotate. Um, like if it's a microwave, you can place it around the edges of the microwave. Um, 
and doesn't really matter uh, which direction you, you put it. Um, you can also do a um, print out a stylus um, and uh, we have a, a method to fold that stylus and um, unfortunately we're still trying to figure out how to do that completely non-visually. Uh, right now I would recommend using something like Ira or Be My Eyes to uh, cut out that or we can send one to you. So would you say print out? Are we talking 3D printed out or regular, no, regular no, no, printer? No, 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 on a regular paper printer. So okay. you can print out um, the board on any paper and I'd recommend printing out the uh, stylus on cardstock because it's sturdier. So the board is a piece of paper with annotations or describe a little more what you mean so by that? So they're basically both are QR, or they're, they're similar to QR codes, they're called Aruka markers and they are, um, the how the system works is it looks at the board and says, um, and it sees the stylus and the board at the same time and says, okay, how, where is the board in relationship to the stylus at this point in time? And then that's that's the annotation. So there's really nothing about the object. It's all about the relationship between the board and the stylus. So it does allow you, though, to annotate with very uh, good accuracy different objects um, in 3D space. What's so, the density of that? So how closely can you put two marks together? About a centimeter apart. Okay. So you would kind of diagram, say, take a microwave as a simple example. Mm -hmm. You would diagram the buttons on a board on a piece of paper, right? No. Okay. So what you would do... <laughs> Have you explained it, not me. <laughs> Sorry. The board, the board is literally just a piece of paper. You can cut that piece of paper out and glue it or tape Ow. it to whatever you want to tape it to. It's a page of these codes. Yes, exactly. Got you. And you can, you can cut them out. Can you print that on a, on a tactile embosser so when a blind person could feel the codes? Um, it needs to have ink, so it needs to be black and white. Um, okay. You could, I guess, um, put it on a pee-off, uh, and then you could feel that. But, um, no, most of the time it's, it's easiest if you just print it out on a printer, and then um, uh, the app will actually tell you if it sees the side of the page that, um, that, uh, that has the codes. So you just point it, um, the camera at that uh, board, and if it's, uh, it makes like a cricket sound if it's not seeing the codes, and if it sees the codes, it will be quiet. Okay, so a, a sheet of these contains a whole bunch of these yes. codes, I'm assuming little squares or rectangles, whatever they are. And just cut it out, put it, t paste it on the edge of your microwave, um, and then it should be, um, you shouldn't cut it out too small because more codes, the more accurate and, and easier it is to aim the phone. So um, it's not one code per location. It's actually like a, a spatial representation to an extent, right? No, it's just a bunch of codes. It's literally what? like a really dense page of codes. And um, what the camera does, is it looks and sees, if it sees one of those codes, um, then, or two of those codes, then it, um, it and, and it also sees a stylus at the same time, then it can interpolate between which code it's seeing and the stylus. So that's all. Okay. So... Excuse me while I'm unpacking this, but I think I'm figuring it out. Maybe. But we're doing this for our listeners as yeah, well. Yeah. So you cut out a square or rectangle with these codes or markers mm -hmm. where you, and to the size of what? Like the touch screen of the microwave? Yeah. So, no, no, no. well, you could do that totally. Okay. Um, but you can also do uh, even easier um, if you want to allow for sighted people to use it. You just put it around. You cut out like a... Um, like a uh, like a D-shape, um, braille D-shape, uh, and put that around the corner of the microwave. Oh, okay. Um, and, then, uh, and then that way there's code sticking off the edge, you know, the, the edges, but it still leaves the keypad free. 
So how much distance can there be between the codes and the, uh, the stylus when you're pointing? As much as the camera can see. So um, it, can, it can really be any distance, just as long as the camera can see both the stylus and the codes at the same time. Fair enough. Okay, so you are holding your phone with one hand and the stylus with the other hand. Is that how you would do this then? Or? Yeah, so um, we're still working exactly what it would be, but right now um, I, uh, that's how I do it. And then um, where uh, we, you can also use a Google Cardboard um, it, that has like a headband strap on it, or you could also use a chest mount. So if you have a chest mount um, lanyard. lanyard, then you can use that as well. Uh, or you can use a tripod. I have a gooseneck tripod that works really well, and you can just point that at whatever you want, um, clamp it down, and it, it can see really well. So explain to our listeners the advantage of why it was chosen to use a stylus plus camera as opposed to just using the camera. So um, we tried using uh, the finger uh, to, to recognize what the finger is, but... Um, Cameras, uh, I'm sorry, computers are not smart enough to figure out what is actually point. So if, say, for example, somebody had their um, their hand in an open position and they were touching someplace on the um, microwave, then the camera was able to see that there were two fingers pointing somewhere. It couldn't tell which one you True. were actually pointing to. And so <clears throat> we tried using a, um, a marker on the finger that was pointing to uh, differentiate it but it wasn't as, as, as effective as, um, as a stylus. And also, if you have mobility impairments, there's no way for you to um, put uh, you know, that, that marker on your finger. Um, it, it's, it's much more difficult to do. And so um, with a stylus, you can, you can do, um, uh, you, can, you can strap it to your hand, you can, um, you can do all kinds of stuff uh, to make it more accessible to uh, you to hold. And so, um, so that's why that's why we're doing it. Cool. Yeah. Could one use an actual stylus as opposed to the one that's printed out? Absolutely. So um, we have uh, little one-inch dowels that we have um, carved into a uh, a pointy end or a pointy shape um, that that are about uh, six inches long, and um, it's big enough for my hand. Uh, and um, we paste the the. QR codes on there, and um, basically, when we fold the cardstock, you could totally just put a dowel in there. Um, but instead, we uh, um, we're just we're doing it with air, and so it works, but it's not sure. the most sturdy. So we talked about a lot about microwaves, but what are some of the interesting uh, things that you have found, or other testers have found that can really benefit from this? So any sort of if you have a team app. Um, you can label uh, different um, areas on there. If if you have somebody and you want to remember where the different uh, restaurants are, you can you can label those um, those spots. Uh, Let's mention quickly the T maps for those who might not be familiar. These are the maps that you can print out or order from the San Francisco Lighthouse that are for uh, you put in an address and it'll give you a map of the nearby area in a tactile format. Yep, lighthouse-sf.org/tmaps. Yes. Uh, you can order them. So um, yeah, so uh, that that's that's also um, a very useful thing if you have a uh, any appliance really. So like for example, um, in our hotel room there was a thermostat, and I didn't know what all those buttons were. So if I wanted to, um, you know, get somebody cited to uh, help me uh, label those, um, I could do that really easily. 
and I could just paste up some uh, a board there on that that uh, that um, thermostat, and then label those buttons, and then I can go back later and remember. I don't need to remember where the buttons are. Um, so that's that's another thing. Uh, if you are in a classroom and have like a cell model, for example, um, you can you can label all the different parts of that cell model. Uh, if you have um, like a, a a mixing board or something with a bunch of different knobs on it, you can label what each one of those knobs does and and how uh, the kind of information you want uh, when you're feeling those. If you have something with a bunch of um, like abbreviations, for example, uh, in Braille, then you can expand those abbreviations with a CAMIO, um, uh, you know, annotation. So there's tons of stuff you can do. It just, you know, um, once you start thinking about what would I like to make interactive, then you start thinking of a ton of different things in your life that could be made interactive. Coffee machines are a big one yes. for people who are working <laughs> in offices. And let's not uh, overlook... Uh this is 3D in nature as well, right? It's not yes. just flat surfaces. Exactly. So yeah, you can totally do, um, like uh, in our study, um, we performed a study uh, and we had a little car and basically we can do inside the car. So um, not just outside, but you can also do internal things just as long as the stylus can still be seen by the camera. You can annotate anywhere. So you can even annotate inside something uh, and you can annotate, um, you know, underneath something. Very cool. So again, that's available in uh, beta now, or there's a beta test starting, yep. so you can email camio at ski.org. Uh, yep. But wait, there's more. <laughs> so I'm really interested um, in these next two as well. Not that I wasn't interested in the first thing, but <laughs> I, I've for years been trying to find ways to make Google Maps more accessible, and it's one of those things, the interface for Google Maps is really just not very usable for a lot of different reasons. So uh, tell us what you're doing to try to solve that problem. Yeah, so I haven't quite integrated with the Google Maps API, but um, for people who don't understand what I'm doing, it's basically um, uh, I'm creating an interface, so very similar to, um, to if, you, if you find a Google Map on a page, there is a, a graphic there of the map. And so there are specific tools that help render the, the map data and so that's what I created. I created a renderer for the data. So you're using that or using OpenStreetMap? Um, right now, the data that I'm using is um, custom made for uh, in, in a GeoJSON format. So it's basically generic in a generic format. And, um, and I have the front end. And then I'm, uh, I'm, I can hook up any back end to that that I want. So I just need a couple uh, days to hook up like OpenStreetMap. So it's just a matter of timing. Okay. So uh, if yeah, I came, sure. Um, so if I came to CSUN and I wanted to explore the area, say before I went out somewhere, how would this represent uh, my surroundings? How can I use this tool? Yeah. So it is very, um, I, I took a lot of the interface uh, conventions from audio games. So Basically, uh, if you've ever played a hero's call, I took a lot of those conventions. So basically, you have um, a grid view where you can go and maneuver around uh, using a grid interface. So um, everything is uh, locked to a north position, and then you're moving around um, at a particular zoom level. So uh, default is by a meter, and so you can just go meter by meter and figure out what is there. So um, depending on how detailed the data gets, uh, you could even see you know, where the toilet is in the bathroom um, because uh, it allows you to go that zoomed in, but um, the data might not necessarily be there. Uh, so 
Um, it, it has the potential to be extremely detailed, um, or you can zoom it out and just see, uh, you know, here's the Marriott Hotel, and here's the, you know, different um, pieces of, of, uh, of the, the road. So um, basically, there should be three different views in there. Um, the first one is a grid view, and so it's very similar to what I just said, and yep. it's similar to maneuvering um, in tactical battle or uh, a, um, a, uh, a spreadsheet. Uh, so that's the first view. The second view is first-person view, and that's very similar to swamp or maneuvering around, like if you're actually walking there. And the textures change on the surfaces as you move around um, different polygons and different shapes uh, on like a different room in the building. And then um, the next one is a, a, a tree um, interface. So. Uh, it's very similar to what you have right now with uh, Nearby Explorer, or if you've played um, a game like uh, um, uh, like uh, like any of the web um, the web games. So it's basically you have uh, a list of of, um, of areas, and then you can zoom in. So you can say Marriott Hotel, and then I'm going to go to the Elite um, Three room. And there's a list of all the rooms in the Marriott Hotel, and you just click on Elite Three, and then click Go. And then you, your your character will go there. So all dependent on data, you probably have a much better shot in the short term of making this work for for outdoor navigation, correct? Um, probably, um, but I've uh, decided that I'm starting with indoor navigation mm -hmm. um, because it's a lot more difficult. And if I can make an interface that'll work for that, right. then it's going to be easy to um, to scale it out to the easier ones. So yes, outdoor navigation is going to be easier. In fact, there's already a um, an application. I can't remember what it's called off the top of my head, but it already does this with OpenStreetMap, um, and uh, and so um, they they do that uh, in, in in a very good way uh, for OpenStreetMap. But mine does indoor um, spaces primarily, and so uh, so yeah, that's 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 what. So it's these audio modes to me that are the most interesting. How are you, when you're walking around? virtually the Marriott, how does it represent what you're passing or what's near you? Yeah, so um, it's still a little bit, uh, we're still figuring out exactly how we want to do it, um, but I've been taking a lot of inspiration from uh, like um, different audio games like uh, Manamon, for example, the doors are represented with like a uh, um, an opening closing door sound. And so um, if you can go through a doorway, that's very um, reminiscent of what we're trying to do. And if there's like a hallway, um, I'm trying to uh, figure out how I want to do that. But one way um, is to do it how uh, Shades of Dune does it with like a, a, a wind sound. And then um, if there's a, uh, uh, you know, like an elevator, um, we could do it... Uh, with like a you know the ding of the elevator, um, very similar to how Swamp does it. Anyway, so I've got a lot of different ideas based off of different audio games that I've played, and I've played a lot. So, um, yeah, that's um, it, it's it's uh, we're, I'm still trying to figure out all the little um, you know details for each data set um, in each building is a little bit different. So um, I'm still trying to scale it up, but I've done about um, five or six different maps with it, and um, and. Uh, so yeah, so some of them can be, um, yeah. As I as I do more maps, it'll it'll get more generalized. So that's and and you're totally blind. So creating these maps too, are you able to do them yourself or? Yeah. So um, uh, right now I do it completely using data, and then I'm able to view that data um, in real time. So that's very useful. Um, but I am also building an editor so that I can do. Uh, 
what you see is what you get, um, kind of a without doing any code, because coding is slow for those who know. Um, it's not the fastest thing on earth, and so if you can do it with like a list of menus and stuff like that, then it's faster. And so, um, so that's what I'm uh, I'm going to start building pretty soon, because uh, I got a lot of people who want these maps. So um, I need to make them faster. I think you said you had a, a bit of a, an audio clip uh, demo that you created, correct? Yes, I did. Uh, uh -huh. well, let's put that here so people can hear a little more. So I'm here in the playground, and you can hear on the left there are some bells, and on the right there are some kids playing. I'm going to go and walk forward. Long ramp. You can hear the footsteps on the ground, and as I entered a new object, the long ramp, you could hear the sounds change. I'm going to hit the left arrow and go to the left. Ava's bridge. And we entered a new object, Ava's bridge. I'm going to keep going to the left. Ground carousel. Now we're in the ground carousel. You can hear the kids playing on the ground carousel around us. And I'm going to hit enter. TT, object menu, bench. And I'm going to down arrow till I hear uh, the laser harp, which is where I want to go. Ava's bridge, long ramp, creek bridge, rock benches, performance area, chest table, chest table, chest, kind, donor, play help, kinder, bed, climbing, jerk, rocking, mini bed. Mini slot, cozy, walking, exercise, bench, benched, buckets, discs, sweat, roller tape, laser, bent, laser harp. All right, I'm going to hit enter. Options for laser harp, go. And I can go to that object. Listen. Listen to the sound of the object. Description. Get a description of the object. Directions. Get directions to the object. I'm going to get the directions to this uh, laser harp. Laser harp is very far off, ahead and to the right. The nearest point is at 27, 44.5. Perfect. Press D to repeat the directions. So now we got the directions to the laser harp. And I'm going to go ahead and start walking forward. Disc spinner. Laser harp is far off, ahead and to the right. Laser harp. So, now we're in the laser harp, and I'm going to switch to the grid view. Grid view. Laser harp. 20. Laser harp. 25. 46. Playground walkway. 25. And as 45. I move through this uh, laser harp, um, I can hear... Laser harp, 25, laser harp. 40... And I'm gonna go back down... Playground walkway, 25, 45... And I'm gonna move back to where we came from. Play, 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 playground, playground walkway, 25, 35... Playground walkway, 20... Play, 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 play... Disc spinner, 25, 24... Disc, 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 ground, 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 ground... Ava's bridge, 30, 17... And I can get a, a list of all the objects around me by hitting S. Ava's bridge is nearby, behind and to the left. Long ramp is nearby, behind and to the right. Ground carousel is nearby to the left. Bench is nearby, behind and to the left. Chest table is nearby, ahead and to the right. Disc spinner is nearby, ahead and to the left. Kindness wall is far off, ahead and to the right. Chest table is far off, ahead and to the right. So, I have a list of all the objects around me. This whole thing fascinates me. I mean, who, who you know... Audio games, right? That's one of those things that there's so many people that have played many, many, many hours of audio games, including myself. And so it's really an interface that might be more familiar than many for people, right? Yeah, absolutely. But more importantly um, is that audio games, uh, interfaces in audio games have gone through rigorous um, testing by user testers and beta testers. And if an interface is terrible, the game is not going to succeed. Right. And so the whole idea of looking at audio games um, rather than doing uh, some sort of interface that was dreamed up by a researcher and tested by a researcher was that all the testing's been done 
already. It, we've got good interfaces in the most popular games, such as Swamp and Hero's Call and Tactical Battle, which are the, you know, some of the most popular uh, games out there, audio games out there. And the reason, one of the reasons why they're really popular is because they're very pleasant to play. And so um, that's why, uh, that's one reason why they're popular. And so um, my theory behind choosing audio games was that if I went to like an older person or um, somebody who's never played an audio game, they're going to find that interface much easier to use than say something that I create in, um, you know, just dream up uh, out of thin air. And so, um, so uh, I'm, I'm getting ready to do a study actually to test this because um, the sighted people in my lab don't believe that the interface is very intuitive and they want proof and so they I need to, to show them that it's actually true. So hopefully it's true, I haven't tested it yet, but that's the theory behind it is that um, blind people built these interfaces for blind people and um, blind people have tested them very extensively and they will be uh, the, the easiest to understand and use. Absolutely. I mean, even the um, the potential implications for O and M instruction as well. Being able to let people explore places before they they go yeah. visit them in person. There's so many ways you can go with this. So it's really it has a lot of potential for sure. Absolutely. So where is the project at? You're about to do some uh, some user testing, and uh, so where are you at in the release cycle for this? Yeah. So I've um, released one for um, the Magical Bridge Playground in Palo Alto, and uh, I think they're they're trying to put it on their website. It's hard for sighted users to put these on their website because it's literally just a button, and they look at that and say, "What? What? What is that?" <laughs> just like we look at a graphic map and say, "Well, what, what is, is that?" that? <laughs> exactly. So um, it's a little bit hard for them to understand that. Uh, yes, within that button, there is a whole world <laughs> to explore. So, so it's a web app. Yeah, it's it's a web component. Yes. So it's very similar to if you embed a YouTube. Um, video into your web page or if you um, you embed a Google map into your web page it's exactly the same uh, technique sure okay so I'm, right now I'm looking for um, different places uh, to partner with to um, to start making maps of like indoor spaces and outdoor spaces so uh, right now I'm just um, at the point to where I'm making more uh, more maps and I'm building the platform to scale it uh, you know adding all the the boring stuff like user roles and, and all that. Mm -hmm. um, and awesome. uh, yeah, so that's um, that's it. Very cool. And there's even another, so there's a third thing that you've also worked on that's kind of related to all this? or Yeah, so there's a turn-by-turn -turn, um, uh, navigation system that we're working on as well that uses a mixture of computer vision and uh, the inertial odometry, which is basically, um, it figures out how you're step stepping uh, and and where you're stepping and um, and to tell exactly where you are in space. And so it's what a lot of VR and AR applications use to determine positioning. But the problem with it is, is that um, it, it uh, when you start navigating uh, a lot of different spaces, it, um, it becomes less accurate over time. And so what we're using computer vision for is updating the, um, the, the location of the user in space um, every so often uh, so that you remain very accurate. And uh, so we've got it down to about half a meter accurate. And so now um, we can navigate around Smith-Kettlewell very well. And so now we're going to um, scale it out to different spaces. 
Yeah, there's been a lot of work with indoor navigation, a lot of different uh, systems. But I guess the accuracy, to me, is the one thing that jumps out of why you feel this one has promise over some of the other things that are out there. Yeah, it's it's definitely very, very accurate. Um, and I think part of the reason is is the, the type of data that we are um, we're using to uh, figure out where you are in space. So uh, right now, I think we're using exit signs, and, um, and almost every single building has exit signs. So it's very... Um, uh, very uh, broad, uh, generalizable uh, feature that most buildings have. Interesting. So the cost to implement, you don't anticipate having to buy a whole bunch of beacons or other technology to make no. this work, right? No, no. You would just need to um, uh, have a some sort of basic map of the building, I believe, um, uh, to, to, uh, to have that. And so Access Explorer is actually... That's what they're doing is they're building maps of buildings and then using that to um, uh, for these type of apps to use. Somebody basically runs into one of these buildings, uses software to scan it as an image, right, and turns it into a certain format. And then it... Something like that, I yeah. said very simplified, I realize. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> we get the, we're not a research podcast, but, you know, try to yeah, break, break yeah. it down. And... and even if you have, like, a... Um, a, uh, what do you call it, uh, some sort of map to help first responders and or blueprints of a building from the architects, you can use that as well, just as long as it's in a, a data format, um, like either pixels, and we can figure out what's going on through pixels, or even polygons. Polygons would be better, but yeah. As I said, yeah, we could spend all day, and I'm sure people will have a, some people will have very technical questions and yeah. want to learn a lot more. This is very interesting stuff, though. I definitely appreciate you coming on um, and talking about it. Uh, go ahead and let people know how they can get in contact with you or if they want to pick up on the beta one more time or yeah, have ideas for this stuff. Yeah, absolutely. So if you're blind and you want to um, be a postdoc at Smith Kettlewell, um, please apply. Uh, or if you know anybody who wants to do a postdoc, um, please apply because we need more blind people there. Uh, right now, I think we have two, and that's not good. So we need more blind people who um, want to build cool apps like this. Um, so you can get in contact by us uh, with us by either going to uh, ski.org, that's ski.org, uh, and um, going to the, uh, the apply for um, postdocs uh, link. Or you can email me at Brandon, B-R-A-N-D-O-N, dot Biggs, B-I-G-G-S, at S-K-I dot O-R-G. Or you can email uh, and get on the CAMIO beta by emailing CAMIO at ski.org. So it's C-A-M-I-O at S-K-I dot O-R-G. Thank you so much. I guess we can uh, give back this uh, Platinum 4 room now. And not that they're going to use it for anything, but... Yeah, that's true. <laughs> thank you so much, Brandon. Yeah, thank you. For more exclusive audio coverage, visit blindbargains.com or download the Blind Bargains app for your iOS or Android device. Blind Bargains audio coverage is presented by the AT Guys. Online at atguys.com. This has been another Blind Bargains audio podcast. Visit blindbargains.com for the latest deals, news, and exclusive content. This podcast may not be retransmitted, sold, or reproduced without the express written permission of AT Guys. Copyright 2020.